on today's episode, what Brody has learned from calf and Achilles pain. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default, become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Yeah. Okay. What Brody has learned from is our new um, series. You might have looked at the podcast title and been like, what the hell is this? But I had this idea um, so that you can learn more about me and so you can gain more insight into injury management. Um, I thought I would start delivering a new series every Monday, uh, probably for the next five or six weeks. I'll see how many injuries I can talk about, but uh, it's essentially going to be my personal experiences with a particular injury and like the title says, what I've learned from it because I have made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'm making better decisions as I go throughout my running career, but especially in the early days, especially in the uh, the first years of me running, I was constantly injured and constantly trying to manage injuries. This was way, I was still a physio at that stage, but this was way before I had the insights that I have now and the smarter training decisions that I'm currently making. (laughs) So I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. I don't expect to be injury free for the rest of my life, but um, I definitely made a lot of mistakes in the early days. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity to share more about me, to share my personal mistakes and um, yeah, hopefully resonate with someone who might be undergoing the same particular injury or someone who's looking to prevent this particular type of pain. And we're going to start with calf and Achilles pain, pretty much because uh, this was the first setback I had as becoming a runner. And yeah, just walk me through the timeline of all the injuries that I've had in the past. And it was a good opportunity as well for me to ask the Patreons if they had any questions around particular injuries. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun with this kind of new re-evolved, I guess you could say, um, Patreon support. And I've got a whole bunch of new benefits for the Patreons. And for this particular series, I said, hey, this is the idea I have. Uh, Do you have any particular questions? And so I'll be answering a few of those in some episodes as well. And like I said, this will come out every Monday. I will, I do have interviews scheduled over the next couple of weeks. And so that will be essentially the second episode that comes out in the week, maybe on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, around there. But every Monday we'll have this particular episode. And uh, before we get started, a reminder to go through season one, if you haven't already, I think people do a really good job of listening to 
the new episodes, particularly if you're a new listener. And if you are a new listener and aren't aware of season one, um, when they hear this, they do go back and start listening. So uh, thank you very much for that. But I do have some of the stats and I am following the downloads for episode one. I have had a huge jump in the uh, first episode. So a lot of new listeners in the last couple of weeks. Um, So just a reminder to go through those first 10 episodes. Everyone needs to go through the first 10 because a lot of the principles that I teach over and over again are contained within those first 10 episodes. So I have uh, had a lot of thought into what goes into those first 10 episodes. And I think every runner needs to know all of those principles. So um, if you have the time, uh, please go through those before you start scrolling through all the other episodes that you find relevant. So um, yeah, just another reminder, and I'm going to keep reminding um, while I pay attention to the downloads. So episode one skyrocketed, and two, three is okay. Four, five, six, seven, eight is um, a little bit of a letdown. So let's work together and let's start spreading the knowledge that you learn within those 10. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, um, just so you know more about me and my future endeavors, I've decided to have a new running goal. And <clears throat> my last last time I talked about my running was probably um, a couple of months ago when I was overcoming my knee tendinopathy. I had it for six years. And my running goal was to build up to 15Ks. At I pretty much hit rock bottom because it particularly flared up at the start of this year, the start of 2020 and was probably running one, two Ks with a flare up and then managed to slowly build my way back up to 15 Ks pain-free and since then have been symptom-free and loving every day, thankful for every day that I run pain-free. And I've been a bit, I don't know, lackluster in the last couple of months because I haven't had a particular goal and it's getting quite repetitive. So my new goal is to try and Um, have a challenging 5k PB. So I wanted to try and get a 5k under 20 minutes. And I know the, um, whether that's a good or, um, a challenging goal for some is just open to interpretation because everyone's quite different. That is very challenging for me right now. I can probably, so we're looking at a four minute K pace, um, or under that, I can currently run, uh, like if I do 1K intervals, I could probably run a three minute 50 um, and feel like I need to start slowing down after that. So trying to maintain under a four pace for 5Ks is quite challenging. Well, will will be quite challenging for me, but is an exciting goal and something I can work towards. So yesterday I started doing a couple of... um, 1k intervals and managed to get two or three under that four minute pace with breaks in between and see if we can start stringing them all together and build up a nice structure for me to achieve that goal. So I'll keep you posted on how that goes. I don't know where my, my last 5k PB, the last time I tried a 5k, um, time trial, but I'll do that in the next couple of weeks and see how far off the mark I am. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, calf, tightness and Achilles pain is something that I have dealt with uh, since the infancy of my running career. I did grow up playing a lot of basketball and because of that throughout my um, career, 
I was running on my toes a lot. Like I play basketball on my toes. Most people do because it's very sprinty. You're on your toes when you defend and all that sort of stuff. So my calves are very strong, but not really built for endurance. And then when I started becoming a runner, training for a half marathon, I was running on my toes or on the forefoot, which is okay, but the calves and the Achilles just couldn't handle the endurance that I was putting it through because basketball is short, sharp, sprint, jump, sprint, jump, and then stop. It wasn't handling the less uh, the less speed, uh, the lower speed, but you know, trying to do it for 35, 40 minutes was it wouldn't cut it. And it was they were constantly stiff, they were constantly tight, and I was just trying to stretch all the time. And yeah, it was extremely uncomfortable. It wasn't necessarily an injury, it wasn't a calf strain, just constant, constant tightness. And it's only been recently, the last couple of years, where I had a couple of um, minor calf strains which has been particularly problematic, but I've managed to stay on top of making smarter decisions. So um, what have I learned? The the first lesson that I did learn when starting out and getting a lot of this calf and Achilles tightness was the pros and cons of stretching. And if you haven't listened to some of my other episodes, my earlier episodes on stretching, um, you can feel free to go back to that. But the pros that I learnt from stretching is that it feels good. It feels good in the moment. It feels good in the short term. I do a quick, you know, 10, 15 seconds stretch beforehand um, to make myself feel a bit better. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. In the early stages when my calves were constantly tired, I was stretching after my running for hours afterwards. I'd stretch for a couple minutes, walk around, feel a bit better. Calf tightness would start back up again. I'd do some more stretches. It'd make it feel better. (laughs) Um, I wasn't convincing myself that it was helping heal the injury, but it was making myself feel better. So I kept doing that. That was the pros. The cons from stretching is that it just doesn't help with long-term recovery and I needed to pay attention to my training loads and making sure I'm hitting that adaptation zone enough times for the adaptation and allowing the body time to adapt. And it probably took me a good two or three months before my calves had adapted to the endurance. So the lesson two was about patience, making sure that um, I don't get too frustrated, I don't overdo things, and I just allow my body the time to adapt. The third lesson that I had was how I was modifying my own running and manipulating my own environment to help suit my calves. And this was, first of all, I was I changed my stride for a short period of time. So I actually trained myself to start running more of a flat foot contact, even if, even a little bit of a heel contact when I was running because I did recognize that most of my running was on the forefoot, which is how I naturally run, but that sends an enormous amount of load through your calf and Achilles. And so in the meantime, while I was waiting for this, um, for my body to get stronger and a build up to tolerate that endurance, I started that it does transmit or does change the load on the body up higher up in the chain towards the knee and towards the hip. So I did recognize that the loads would increase to those joints. But, uh, 
as a kind of trade-off, I was putting less load through my calves so I could run longer. They weren't feeling as tight and stiff afterwards. And then just as the months went on, as I got stronger, I slowly transitioned back to my natural running, which is four foot. And I've done that ever since. Um, now I, I just, that's just what I'm um, used to doing. And I just do that constantly now. So the first thing that I could manipulate was my stride. And that's not um, recommend for everyone to go straight to um, doing that. But I did have strong enough knees and strong enough hips to tolerate that with that. I did also make sure that I changed my speed and made sure that I was conscious of the fact that if I was running fast or if I was running uphill, that my calves and Achilles would have a significant load. So in the particular early days when I would slow down my speed and really either walk uphills or um, just slow down my speed when I was going uphill. The third thing that I would manipulate is my shoes. So. I would um, make sure to have shoes with a higher heel stack, like underneath the heel, and knowing that if I did have a higher heel stack or a higher um, heel drop, that that would take some strain away from my calf and Achilles and move that load higher up the, the chain. So I'm manipulating a couple of things. So let me recap. So I was manipulating my stride so going from forefoot strike to heel strike i was manipulating my speed my terrain when i was going too fast or going uphill um, really changing those and focusing on those and the third being changing my shoes just to help for those calves to uh, recover and build up the endurance adapt and tolerate what i was trying to put it through and then over time two or three months time I was feeling really, really good until my next injury, which I'll tell you about next time. <laughs> um, but they're, they're what I've learned. So the pros and cons of stretching, adjusting my uh, environment to suit those calves and uh, just allowing patience, making sure that I was um, allowing myself for two months, sometimes longer, just to adapt. So that's what I've learned. Um, the same principle applied like years later. So over the last say 12 months, I have recognized that my calves might tend to be a little bit of a weak point of mine. And whether that's I'm not doing enough power, enough strength work, uh, that could be a factor. But I have noticed that I am getting to the point where if I just get in my usual regular weekly mileage, my calves do tend to feel a little bit crampy or feel a little bit of sensation in both calves when I finish or towards the end of an endurance run, that sort of thing. So what am I implementing right now? What sort of uh, smarter training decisions am I making right now? Because I'm conscious of the fact that my calves might be a little bit of a weak point. One, um, shoe changes. So I'm still adopting, I still have a zero um, mil heel drop. For the bulk of my running but in times where my calves are a bit sore my mileage might be a little bit high i'll swap them out to a heel drop of i think it's about 10 mil uh, just to rest my calves a little bit and still being conscious of speed still being conscious of hills and sometimes if my calves do feel a little bit tight uh, and i do encounter a hill i'll just walk up it i'll just um, put my ego aside pause my strava and then just walk up the hill and just know that my cars will be better for it and seems to be doing okay at the moment. The other thing that I've implemented, which I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes, is 
I've started doing some heavy calf raises. We haven't been in gyms. We can't get to gyms at the moment, but I have um, some pretty heavy handheld weights at home. So I'm doing some calf raises on a step, keeping my knee slightly unlocked to work the the gastrox and also the soleus. So those two calf muscles, which are really important and um, biasing a little bit of the soleus, which is the most important when it comes to um, strength for runners. So I've implemented that the last four weeks or so, doing it once or twice a week, and that's shown to um, be of benefit so far. I haven't had any issues, but I am aware of the benefits of strength training. I've been strength training for quite a while now, but now emphasizing a lot to do with the calf. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. These are the smart decisions that I'm making, the smarter training decisions in order to reduce the risk of injury. Because I am aware of, in most cases, if there is a calf strain, and someone, if someone does encounter a calf tear or a calf strain, there's usually some um, warning sign. There's usually some buildup of tightness and tension that they usually report before the calf actually goes. And I think I'm starting to get some of those early signs. So really being conscious of the fact and making those um, predetermined uh, strengthening exercises and predetermined planning just to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay, so um, let's let's have a look in on some of our Patreons and what they have asked in. A lot of this is due to the a lot of these are Achilles tendinopathy issues, which is good because Achilles pain is in our title. And I know I haven't necessarily undergone any Achilles tendinopathy. It's mainly like the calf soreness and calf tightness, but the questions that have come in do revolve around uh, some Achilles stuff. So. Jill asks, uh, is foam rolling and the use of massage gun an effective treatment for calf tightness and Achilles pain? Um, the evidence would say no, Jill. Uh, if there's, if you've, it's pretty much similar to the stretching concept that we have in a couple of a couple of episodes back. Um, but in saying that, similar to hearing my experience with stretching and conscious of the fact that I wasn't convincing myself otherwise that it was a long-term solution, but it did feel good for a couple of minutes or maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes afterwards. Um, that's what I would recommend. If you use a massage gun or if you do foam roll and you feel good afterwards, I would recommend it because you feel good doing it. Uh, just don't convince yourself that it's healing anything. Don't convince yourself that it's a long-term strategy. Um, just do it. And if it feels good, then I can't say don't do it because it's not doing, I can't imagine the foam roller or the massage gun being detrimental in any way. So it's not doing any harm. If it feels good for you, then I'd say do it. The next Patreon question was from Holly and there's a bit of a, um, it's a longer question, but I'll try and read it all out. I've managed to get rid of some Achilles tendinopathy with many, many calf raises. I do both straight and bent leg calf raises. I do them at home and at the gym at at the gym, I do single leg calf raises seated with a uh, with a Smith rack. I'll get that out. Um, heavy weights, eight to ten rep, uh, eight to ten reps. Yeah, per set. Uh, my main issue is persist now persistent calf tightness, suboptimal ankle flexibility, and arthritis in the big toe um, on the one side. Looking at how to overcome the first two, so overcome the persistent calf tightness and ankle flexibility while managing the third, so like while managing the toe arthritis. It's okay with you, Holly, because this topic is around calf and Achilles. I'll address the 
ankle mobility and the calf tightness. And we might touch base on the toe uh, arthritis in another episode. But the uh, there's a lot to get through here. Well done for sticking to the heavier sets and reps because that's what's uh, recommended. That's what the research does show to help runners. Um, so well done for getting up around that rep range. That's uh, encouraging. If you are now suffering with persistent calf tightness, this might be very similar to what I've encountered when I very first started running. And you might be uh, you might be overdoing a couple of things. One, I'd say potentially make sure you're still hitting your adaptation zone, but make sure you're still allowing the calves to recover. And I'm not too sure what you're doing for rest, whether you're working these calves only once or twice a week. Sometimes twice a week is probably the recommended amount, but it would depend on how quickly you do recover from that. But if you're saying you're doing both straight leg, both bent and bent leg, if you're doing them at home and at the gym, and you're also doing the the heavy Smith machine, the Smith rack, um, I'm not too sure how many times a week you're actually doing that, but uh, I would Based on what you've said, I say you might be overdoing it and just not allowing the calves time to rest and recover. So my recommendation would be that, yes, you do need that that 8 to 10 rep range. I'd say, yes, you do need to do it probably twice a week if you're wanting to build up your strength. If you've reached the strength that you're happy with in the calf and Achilles, then you can back that off to once a week in order to maintain the strength that you've gained. Uh, so if you're noticing persistent calf tightness, I would say you probably might be overdoing things and we need to back up and focus on recovery while still maintaining the strength that you have with your, uh, ankle mobility. You've said non-optimal ankle mobility. So there might still be some range there. Uh, you can do what we call a knee to wall test, which you can YouTube and see what your range is like, but you essentially put one foot you sort of get into a lunge position, but the foot in front goes in front of a wall so that your toes are touching the wall. And then you try and uh, lunge forward, keeping that front foot, keeping that heel down on the carpet and see if your knee can touch the wall. If you can do that, then we move your foot back a couple of inches and lunge again forward, keeping that heel on the ground and see if your knee can touch the wall. If you're getting one to two inches away from the wall, your heel still on the ground and your knee is still touching the wall. I'd say your ankle mobility is still okay for running. It might not be equal to the opposite side, but if you're still achieving one or two inches away from the wall, then you you have enough ankle mobility in order to run, in order to have the function to run. So perhaps it might not be as bad as you thought through running. The ankle doesn't go through end. So you might be a little bit stiff. I know me personally, one ankle is very, a lot stiffer than the other side because I've rolled that ankle several times playing basketball growing up. But I know that that ankle mobility is enough for running. So uh, perhaps do that test and see if you um, do need to worry about whether it's a priority or not. And yeah, hopefully that answers your question. The last one we have today is Steve. And Steve also had a bit of a lengthier question. I think I cut down a little bit, but Steve asks... I am suffering from Achilles tendon pain. Uh, If one is doing strengthening exercises and is cautiously reintegrating some run-walk intervals, 
what is the recommended range or what is the range of time for recovery? So he's asking how long it takes to recover. And then Steve also goes on to say it, it, it has been a frustrating three weeks where I can't seem to get past the one minute on one minute off intervals without soreness increasing. A bit of a background also added cadence increases from 160 prior to and is increased to 175, 180. Doing a mix of glute strength exercises, increased foot and toe agility exercises and calf raises. Okay, so um, still suffering from a little bit of Achilles tendon pain and doing some strengthening exercises, but is frustrating getting working patiently and frustratingly through three weeks of intervals, one minute on, one minute off without seeing much progress. So um, you seem to be doing the right things. I think it seems like the the progression, I love intervals when it comes to recovery and getting back into running or returning to running. The intervals can be really, really good. Well done for implementing some um, strength into that recovery as well. My first question would be, or my follow-up question would be, you said there's soreness. So you said um, you're struggling to get past the one minute on, one minute off without soreness increasing. My question would be like, when does it start increasing? Like what are the symptoms? If it's increasing at the very, very start of your run, I would question potentially recovery. So I'd question that the the calves themselves and the Achilles itself hasn't recovered from what you've done the last couple of days. If the soreness is starting to increase during the run, started to like, you know, throughout the end of the day, start to walk around and there's soreness there, I would question the the overload so that like the one minute on one minute off might be a little bit too much and we need to backpedal a little bit before building back up. So it'd be just so your overall, your duration is longer, you're on your feet for longer, so you're building up the tolerance that way, but we're just doing less of an intense um, interval. So the ratio is starting to be on more of the recovery side. And similar to what I've talked about last, we might look at um, shoes, we might look at maybe a higher a higher heel stack. If we've tried everything, we're still not making the progress. Maybe we need to swap the shoes out for something with a little bit, um, takes a little bit of load away from the Achilles and the calf before slowly introducing back to your normal traditional shoes. Uh, another thing that I can think about would be considering the loading that the calf and the Achilles is doing outside glute strengthening exercises. You did say that you're doing the foot uh, agility exercises and also calf raises. I would um, probably just investigate whether they are at the right dosages, whether we are progressing because when it comes to Achilles rehab, all the evidence supports slow and heavy exercises. We start with eccentric exercises. Um, the evidence doesn't really point to favor one or the other, whether eccentric, concentric, concentric or a bit of both, but we do need to make sure that they are heavy, slow, as long as we can tolerate those loads. And we do need to make sure that they are progressive. So we're making sure they're heavy and we're making sure that we're consistently um, progressing in heaviness every couple of weeks, building up, building up, building up. That's where all the evidence shows that a really, well, that comes out with a really successful um, outcome. So have a, have a think about a couple of those and hopefully those questions help answer a lot that uh, the listener might be listening to. So you might be listening to and have your own Achilles questions. Hopefully that addresses a lot of people. Uh, that's it for today. Um, hopefully what I've learned uh, 
ripples out into the the running community and you can start spreading the right knowledge to your running community as well. And yeah, so every Monday I'll be bringing out a new injury that I've personally overcome or personally dealing with and what I'm starting to implement now because of the lessons that I've learnt. And yeah, I'm excited to to bring it to you every, every Monday. So we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Run Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content has on your future running. If you appreciate the mission this podcast is creating, it would mean a lot to me if you submit a rating and review. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and get instant notifications when a new episode comes out. If you want to learn quicker, then join our Facebook group by searching the podcast title. If you want to take your learning to the next step, including injury prevention principles, injury-specific insights, and modules to boost your running performance, then head to our website by searching runsmarter.online and jump into our Run Smarter online course. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.